Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to the August edition of my construction webinar series. Uh, for those of you joining me for the very first time, welcome. Um, for those of you who've been watching me over the past couple of years, thank you for coming back. Uh, my name is Tashia Rasul. I'm a partner here at Lois Law Firm where I um, handle the defense of workers' compensation claims and I oversee a team that also focuses only on uh, construction-related workers' compensation claims. Uh, one of our specialties is we work collaboratively with General Defense Council to come up with strategies for defending these claims that are multi-jurisdictional. And so the point of the webinar is every month I just go through a topic that's pertinent to uh, defending these cases. I'm also the author of the firm's uh, Construction Defense Handbook. We have both hard copies and PDF copies. If you'd like to, to get a copy, please um, send me an email or you can go onto the firm's website and request it through there and you'll get a copy. All right, so today we are going to talk about um, some milestones in both the workers' compensation claim and the general liability claim that we should be keeping an eye on when it comes to strategizing and getting on the same page with the entire team. Uh, we're going to go through some examples of strategies, some tried and true examples, some things that we've seen work, uh, some things that we've seen maybe not work, and I'll go through the importance of why we should be focusing on those um, in, in litigating both sides, the workers' compensation and the general liability side. And just remember, it's a live webinar, so there's a Q&A session in the end. Um, the box looks like this. You can type your question in there. It'll pop up in my end. If I have enough time, I'll respond to your questions live. If we run out of time, um, I'm going to send you an email and provide an answer to your question. All right, so let's get into it. What is the importance of the milestones? Now, the workers' comp and the general liability claim, they go at two different paces. Uh, the workers' comp goes much, much, much quicker than the general liability claim. We can be a permanency in the workers' comp claim, and the general liability claim is now starting. Of course, that has to do with the longer statute of limitations, and just the very nature of it, more um, extended discovery, uh, pre-trial conferences and actually trying to resolve the matter before it actually going to trial. Um, the general liability claim, because it moves at a much slower pace, you can rely on the findings in your workers' comp claim and you could rely on um, how the workers' comp claim actually plays out and use the outcome in your general liability claim. Uh, the decisions have to be made much more quickly in the workers' comp claim. The milestones that we're going to talk about are, they're related to some kind of a development or a discovery in the workers' comp claim and also the general liability claim. And because the workers' comp claim uh, decisions have to be made more quickly, we have to ensure that everything's teed up from the very beginning so that the right decisions are actually made. The development in the workers' comp claim can also be used in the general liability claim, of course, within um, reason within uh, legal restrictions, uh, privacy laws, uh, privileges, and so forth. Um, we've gone through those. I'll go through some of them again today. But 
obviously we don't recommend there be collaboration and issues that could potentially become an issue for either side. And our best practice that is, that's what I'm going to focus on in this entire webinar is general liability counsel and workers' comp counsel should be assigned from the very first day of an accident or knowledge of an accident. That way everyone can get on the same page with regards to the action plan. Some important workers' compensation milestones. So when an accident happens, we have to make a determination of compensability almost immediately, it seems like. Um, for an accepted claim, we have to go by what is known as the 1810 rule per Section 25 of the Workers' Compensation Law. What this means is payment has to be made within 18 days of the date of disability or 10 days after the employer has knowledge of the loss. But whichever is the later of the two, that's what the, the, the termination has to, to go by and payments have to start which means we have to make a determination as to if we're going to deny the claim. In denying the claim, it has to be done within 25 days of the notice of indexing, which is also known as the EC84. And just note that there's no deadline for the board to file an EC84. We've seen cases where a year later and there's no EC84 filed in the claim. Other cases, it's filed within the first couple of days. It's it, it, it all depends on what's going on in the board end. Um, so we have to make that determination essentially within, let's say, the first 10 to 18 days after the accident occurs, whether we're going to accept it or whether we're going to deny it. If we don't timely file a denial, our defenses could be deemed to have been waived, and that could be very problematic in trying to get the best outcome, trying to contest that the accident or the injury actually occurred, prevents us from getting um, certain kind of uh, medical evidence, testimony, producing our witnesses and so forth. So it's extremely, extremely crucial that we start thinking about the case the very first day that the accident happens or that you actually become aware of an accident, meaning the fake ones, right? In the workers' compensation claim, if it's a denied claim, we are going to get a pre-hearing conference if a denial is filed and the claimant submits medicals. These are the two things that trigger a pre-hearing conference. The parties must file their pre-hearing conference statement, also known as the P at 16.2, 10 days before the pre-hearing conference. You must provide an offer of proof of the defenses, um, statutory and case citations, and any medical and lay witnesses that you intend to rely on. Again, if the pre-hearing conference statement is not filed within 10 days of the pre-hearing conference, um, defenses could be found to be waived also. Um, in a lot of situations, the, the, the clients that we work with, they filed the denial sooner rather than later. The good thing about filing the denial is that you can always withdraw it. The flip side is once you've accepted a claim, it becomes a little more challenging to deny it afterward. So the denial is filed sooner rather than later, and we then wait for the claimant to submit a medical into the board file, and then the P at 16, um, the pre-hearing conference is scheduled. Generally, our practice is once the um, denial is filed and the carriers end, we just go ahead and file the P at 16.2, so it's timely no matter what. Other milestones on the workers' comp end that we should 
keep an eye on that should raise red flags for us to start talking to general liability side are when there's a new IME report we should be looking at what the IME says does it help us does it hurt us is it something that can be used in the general liability side surgery requests and approval we know that this increases the value not only of our workers comp claim but on the general liability side right so if there's been a surgery request we try to scrutinize those make our recommendations wherever and whenever we can as to whether to accept or deny them maybe we need to get an I meet comments on it but if it's been uh, approved or authorized by the board and we don't prevail on the issue and appeal then we know the claimants can undergo the surgery and that's very crucial for GL counsel to know medical depositions uh, clients oftentimes ask for us to send the transcripts over to GL side of course with a release they're entitled to get the workers compensation file so that's something they can get access to uh, claimants testimony very crucial especially in trying to um, pick out inconsistencies in what he's telling us in the workers comp and versus what he's saying on the general liability and especially with the mechanism of injury the nature of the accidents and so forth so anytime there's testimony on the workers comp end, and keep in mind that you might be taking testimony very quickly in the workers comp claim especially the deny claim because of how quickly it moves forward and it's it gets sets for trial I mean in a denied claim in the workers comp end, it could be set for trial as quickly as 60 days if everything's just happening so quickly in the beginning you know the, the denial documents are filed, the claimant uh, submits medicals, set for a pre-hearing conference if the board decides to put it on the expedited calendar, maybe in 60 days we could get a hearing, a trial. Suspension of benefits, uh, whether it be for a labor market attachment, claimant has returned to work, uh, lack of up-to-date medicals, that's something we should be keeping an eye out for also. Um, actual labor market attachment trial, if that's coming up, it's something we want to talk to GL counsel about. And any change in medical status, if the claimant hasn't been treating in a couple of months, if his own doctor is finding him in a less than total disability, or his doctor is saying there's no more treatments needed, those are things that we should be um, communicating with general liability defense. Importantly also, any Section 114A findings, these are the fraud findings, which would suspend benefits in the workers' comp end. It's good for GL to know that also it could help in them uh, negotiate in uh, settlement of the claims. Um, so these are some of the workers comp uh, milestones that every time it comes up we send an update to General Liability Defense Council whether it be by email or a quick phone call. All of the pertinent parties usually get on the phone call which is the broker, the carrier, the TPA and a discussion should be had as to how this potentially impacts the claim whether GL needs more information from the workers comp end whether we have enough information based on that one development whatever it is we all should be touching base as these milestones come up similarly on the general liability side if you're general liability defense counsel or an adjuster when any of these things happen you should be communicating with the workers compensation adjuster or attorney so you get a notice uh, or a complaint or a notice of claim if you receive that that should be communicated if it's a public ent entity and you're doing a 50H hearing that should also be communicated 
um, any preliminary conferences, interrogatory responses, any new records that have been received on the GL side, they get their own IMEs also. So if you get an IME report, that should be conveyed to workers' comp. Depositions are very important because we get to see what exactly the claimant testified to in his GL claim and see if we can use that in the workers' comp end. We've also used 50H transcripts a lot to pursue fraud findings on the workers' comp end, and it generally has to do with what they testify to, the accident is, or the injuries that they're alleging. Any settlement demands, you know, most of the wrap-up clients prefer global settlements. If there's a settlement demands on the general liability side, that should be conveyed to the workers' comp. We should be having a call to determine whether a global settlement can be done because on the workers' comp end, we can um, start reaching out to claimants' counsel to see if they'll be on board with um, a global settlement. So definitely convey all of those things to your workers' comp uh, counterpart. Get on the phone, send an email. And of course, everything's done uh, pursuant to any privileges or releases that need to be submitted, right? Generally, workers' comp, GL Defense Council would have a release for the workers' comp file so they can get the information in the workers' comp file. Just remember, though, with regards to surveillance, if surveillance is obtained on the workers' compensation side, it cannot, cannot, cannot be disclosed to the general liability side unless it's already been disclosed to the claimants. This is because the rules of disclosure are different on the GL side, and if they become aware of surveillance, they're going to have to uh, disclose it, and it could ruin your chances of pursuing fraud on the workers' comp side, like taking the covert surveillance route. And any mediation, so I think this is important also, um, goes hand in hand with, with the settlement demands. Your workers' comp attorney should be there at the mediation to keep the record straight. I personally have been to several mediations where claimants, uh, GL attorney is making uh, claims as to what's going on the workers' comp side with regards to things like surgeries or treatments or authorizations by the board that are not wholly accurate. And my role has always been to correct the records, set the record straight, make sure GL Defense Council knows what's going on. And also, if we have the opportunity to speak with the mediator directly, that the mediator also knows what's going on on the, GL, on, on the workers' comp side. This is to ensure that the mediator who is helping the parties to resolve the claim have has all of the, um, the accurate information to, 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 to help foster resolution. So what should we be doing at the milestone? So I talked about emailing or just getting on the phone with each other. We should be communicating, right? Um, it doesn't always have to be a formal communication. Every team has their own way of communi communicating. It can be a quick call, a quick email, it can be a, a status update, it can be a scheduled call with all of the parties or just some of the parties. Um, you should be discussing the implications of the milestones in each side, right? We talk about the milestones, what it means for the claim individually, and what it, what it could mean for the other claim also. Talk about how we're going to implement the strategy, right? Well, claimant has a deposition coming up. 
Okay, he's slated to testify in the workers' comp claim in a couple of weeks. We'll make sure we ask him questions about X, Y, and Z. We'll provide that information to you so you can compare and contrast what he testifies to in his deposition. We'll look for things like the inconsistencies. Um, is he lying in, in one side? Is he being inconsistent? Um, depending on which case he's in. Those are the things we usually talk about on these calls. Um, there should also be a discussion of the value of the claim, potential exposure. Your attorney should be continuously evaluating the claims and uh, potential exposure. We do it all the time, every time there's a milestone. So new IME report comes in, a change in the medical, benefits are suspended. Um, we're always repricing the claim so our clients know exactly what it's worth at any um, particular time during the life of the claim. And also evaluate the pros and cons of settlements. Um, we all know the longer these claims are open, the messier they get, the uglier they get. So a lot of times, most of the times, early settlement is preferred in order to curb uh, litigation expenses and just reduce overall exposure. So some examples of strategizing um, would be using the initial investigation to contest the accident and body parts. Uh, we recommend that an investigation takes place in the very beginning, within the first 24 to 48 hours of the accident. The results of that investigation can be used in the workers' comp end to help contest the claim, to deny the claim, even to contest that individual body parts when they eventually come up because for example, the investigation might uh, show that you know the claimant injured only two body parts, but six months down the road, he's claiming additional six body parts. So we're able to go back to the report showing that the claimant you know, really just reported two body parts. Where are the additional six body parts coming from? As I noted earlier, the deposition transcripts can also be used because they're sworn testimony. We look for the inconsistencies, the fraud findings, and the workers' comp claim can be used to create leverage on the general liability side. So it's always important if you get that fraud finding, tell your GL uh, defense attorney they should be using that. Collateral estoppel, this used to be a very big one, but the law has changed. Collateral estoppel can only be used as it pertains to employer-employer relationship. However, we've still been having discussions with general liability defense counsel because they can still use the findings in the workers' comp claim strategically in negotiating settlement or resolution of the general liability claim. So the, the findings in the workers' comp claim may not be able to be used uh, legally or in court to get something dismissed on the general liability side, but it can still be used um, by a very uh, creative general liability defense counsel. And of course, the mediation, that's, um, there should be a call before the mediation. Everyone on the same page with regards to the value of the claim, what the goal is, and what we're going to do with the lien. All right, so that's it for today. I've gone through the milestones, the important milestones in the workers' comp side, and um, also the important milestones in a general liability side. We always have to be thinking about these case, cases and thinking ahead about these cases. And we should not be thinking about them in a bubble, either the GL uh, bubble or the workers' comp bubble, because especially in a wrap-up program where there's a shared client, there's common interest, 
the exposure is on both sides, the client's paying for both sides. So we should be collaborating, we should be coordinating defenses in order to do um, a global exposure reduction or close out the claims globally. So let's keep in mind, we should be thinking about these, thinking about sharing and developments and not wait until there's a mediation or a trial to reach out to your workers' comp counterpart. And on the flip side, we shouldn't be waiting until permanency to, to be reaching out to General Liability Defense Council saying, hey, we're now at permanency. Um, this is what we expect. Is there anything you need from us? That's just way too late. All right, so that's it for today. Next month, we're going to talk about global settlements. This remains a hot topic amongst the clients that I work with, um, generally the wrap-up clients who are interested in closing out both the workers' comp and the general liability claim. I'll go through what exactly it means, show you how savings can be made. Um, so if you have any questions uh, about global settlements, start thinking about them. Our next webinar is going to be September 5th. That's the Tuesday after the holiday. I know the webinars are usually on the Mondays, but because of the holiday, we'll be having it on Tuesday. All right, so thank you, everyone. Um, let me see if there are any questions before I let you go. All right, I don't see any questions. If you think of anything, be sure to give me a call or send me an email and I'll get back to you right away. But otherwise, that's it for now. Enjoy your August. Um, I guess enjoy the rest of the summer, even though when we come back in September, it'll still technically be summer. But for some of you, the kids are gonna be back in school, we get a little more freedom. So enjoy what's left of the nice, beautiful weather and I'll see you right here next month. Thank you.